Good evening, good evening, everyone. Welcome to, to tonight's life class, and we are in for a tremendous time in the presence of the Lord. Good to see so many of you tuned in to be part of tonight's life class in the third installment of the Growth Order series. So are you ready for God's word tonight? It's going to be powerful. Blessed be God. Have you invited somebody? Have you brought somebody in for the service? I hope so, because we are getting started right now. Just one verse of scripture to, to serve as our template for tonight, to serve as our pilot scripture for tonight. And it's found in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. Here it reads, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Hallelujah. The apostle Peter here is speaking to us in this verse and he's using the analogy of the condition and the process of babies to teach us about growth. He's using the example, the picture of babies' growth to teach us about growth. He, parale he parallels the newborn babies growing by the ingestion of milk that we too must ingest the milk of God's word in order to grow. In the first two, two installments of this um, growth order series, we've used two biblical templates to show us the growth process. The first being the Genesis chapter 128 um, dominion mandate uh, template, which is also a growth template on how to grow. Last week, Wednesday, we now use the template of the process of the seed, which is another growth template on how to grow. Now, today, we're going to look at the natural process of growth of babies to adulthood to learn how we too must grow. Hallelujah. Uh, we, 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 the, the, the challenge with natural physiological growth is that it is typically unconscious or seemingly automated. So we could easily think that our spiritual growth too would be something that is unconscious automated uh it's that that's the way it would happen but there is nothing further from the truth in fact i dare say that the travesty of our day today is that we have too many persistent babies in the body of christ refusing to grow meanwhile we are meant to grow from being babies to being sons to being fathers we have too many people in the church today that are content with being babies that never want to take responsibility for their growth and if but if you really want to grow in the lord you are going to have to take responsibility for that growth nobody is going to grow for you you have to grow for yourself you have to become intentional about your growth and so the subject of this third installment on the Growth Order series is intentional growth. Intentional growth. Let's pray. Mighty Father, I ask that you help me tonight. 
that you cause my tongue to be as the pen of the ready writer, that I might inscribe upon the hearts of the men and women that are listening to me your living truth, and that by reason of that truth, we will be elevated to a new level of experience with you. Let yokes be destroyed. Let burdens be lifted. Let there be great light in the name of Jesus. Cause this word to be as if it were supernatural fertilizer, enhancer, catalyzer to spur us into exponential growth in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I do pray. And the people said a loud amen. Can you type in the feed amen, amen? I don't want you to just spectate today. I want you to fully participate, engage, have your attention here, and let's go on this ride together. Hallelujah. The challenge, like I said earlier, with, our, with, with us is that our natural human physiological growth seems to suggest that growth is something that happens automatically without any intentional thought being given to it. Uh, it's almost like that other scripture we read last week, Wednesday, where the farmer does not know how the seed ultimately turns into his harvest. So growth would seem to be mystical to us. We sleep, we wake up, and we find that we have grown. Uh, the mystery of growth is most apparent in our children, for those of us that are parents. Um, uh, now, in, in my household, all of my children are, are taller than my wife now. So she's the she's the shortest in the in the in the house. Well, I love her like that. But she's proud to keep on reminding them that each one of them at some point in their growth, she could carry them in just one hand. They were that tiny. They were that small. But they've gone through a process of growth now where physically they are taller than her. So we see growth in our biological children and particularly I don't know how, uh, about you, and I think a lot of us can identify that in these last number of years of lockdown and of uh, separation and isolation, when we've started to come out, we've now encountered the children of our friends, and we are all in amazement as to how much the children have grown simply because we weren't seeing them regularly. Their growth is so marked in our eyes. In fact, I ran into one of my dear friend's sons and the guy is taller and bigger. He looks so huge in my eyes. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is real growth. It's almost as if they slept, they woke up and they were grown. That's how growth seems physiologically. It seems as if it is just automated. It is automatic and it's a mystery to us. But growth is not meant to be a mystery to us, but rather it's meant to be a matter that we search out and that we understand. Don't go to sleep on the mystery of growth. It's time to wake up to the knowledge of intentional growth. Though physiological growth is seemingly automatic, Growth in every other area of our lives have to, has to be intentional. Growth in every other area of our life has to be intentional. And I've even come to find out that even the physiological growth that we think is automated, unconscious, uh, and automatic, I have found that that in itself is not accurate, that even that growth uh, requires some protocols, requires some commitments, requires even some intentionality before it happens. For example, there's no way you are going to grow physiologically 
if you don't eat. So you've got to eat in order to grow. So that means even your physiological growth is still dependent on some intentional things that have to be done. We're going to come back to, to, to learning about intentional growth from the template of our physiological growth before we are done tonight. But let's once again explore the imperative of, of growth. And to do that, I'm going to look at a scripture in the book of Colossians and chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Listen to what it says. Listen. It says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, For in him dwells all in him, that is in Christ Jesus, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, in bodily form. And you, you and I, are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. So you are already complete in Christ. As a believer, as a born-again believer, you are already complete in Christ. You, there is nothing missing in you. You are complete in Christ. You need to believe that. You need to embrace that as the truth of your life, that you are complete in Christ. Now, if you are complete in Christ, that means you really should not be seeking for any other person to complete you because you are already complete in Christ. I know that romantically in relationships, we like to say, uh, that's my better half. Uh, uh, she completes me. He completes me. Uh, I understand that. That's okay. That's, that's natural balance. But in real spiritual truth, no man, no woman completes you. You are already complete in Christ. Single person, you are complete in Christ. And you must not be looking for somebody else to complete you. Listen, God's arithmetic and God's mathematics works different from the world's mathematics. In the world, half plus half equals one whole part. That's the world. But in the scripture, it says that the two shall become what? One. That means one plus one is equal to one inside the kingdom, in the relational context. What does that mean? That means if you are not complete, if you are not whole in your spirit, in your soul, in your mind, and you, you are walking around like, like somebody that is half, and you meet another person that is like you, that is also not whole and half, not complete in Christ, and both of you come together in union, you are not going to make a whole. Because in God's arithmetic, one plus one is equal to one. So half plus half is still half. Before relationship, before marriage, before coming together in marriage, let it be a whole person, meeting a whole person, and together they make a whole unit. Am I making sense? It's a sidestep, but it's an important one. You are already complete in Christ Jesus. What does it mean to be complete? To be complete means that you, that you have everything necessary. It means having all the necessary, appropriate, and essential parts. He that is complete has all the necessary, appropriate, and essential parts. So the question is, if I am complete, 
Why do I still need to grow? We'll come back to that question. In the book of First John, in the book of First John, I believe it's First John and chapter 2, verse 27. First John chapter 2 and verse 27. I'm looking for that verse right now. Let me try to find it. Hallelujah. First John chapter 2 and verse 27, it says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now listen to what this says. It says that you have no need that anyone teach you, that you already know all things, that the great teacher is in you. It says here that we don't need anyone to teach us. What does this mean? Is this making the office of the pastor and the teacher obsolete? No, sir. No, sir. It's not contradicting itself. It is bearing witness. Now, listen closely. It is bearing witness that you already have all the answers on the inside of your spirit. Because the day that you got born again, you were complete. You are complete in Christ. Nothing missing, nothing broken. All of the resource of the Godhead was made available to you in your spirit. You are complete. You don't need anyone to teach your spirit. Your spirit already has everything that it needs. It has all the answers. You have the answer on the inside of you. Whatever it is you are going through right now, whatever challenge you are facing right now, you have the answer on the inside of you. Hallelujah. But you will still need the office of the pastor and the teacher. Pastor Tammy, hallelujah, to confirm what is already done on the inside of you. It brings us back to the question again. If you are already complete, why do you still need to grow? Simple. Coming to the analogy that we are using this evening to teach. The baby is complete. The newborn baby that was just born, guess what? That baby is complete but he or she is not yet grown the baby is complete but he or she is not yet grown therefore it is possible to be complete and not be grown <laughs> listen for that newborn baby nothing is going to be added to the anatomy of the baby Every essential anatomy is already with that baby. Immediately the baby was grown, was born. The baby just still has to grow up. There are even parts of the anatomy that the baby has at birth that he cannot use until he or she is grown. But that the baby is not complete is not true. The baby is complete, is just not grown. This is also true as regards your spiritual life. The day you got born again, you are born again as a new baby. In Christ Jesus, you are complete. You've got hands, you've got legs, you've got a heart, you've got a liver, you've got every essential part you have. It's complete, but you have to grow up to be able to walk and to be able to utilize everything that has been given to you in the completeness 
of your new birth. Is anybody hearing me tonight? If you are hearing me tonight, type amen, shout hallelujah. And once again, rejoice in the fact that you are complete. Hallelujah. You are complete. You are already complete in Christ Jesus. All you need to do right now is to grow up to grow up, to grow up. You have everything you need. You have every spiritual anatomy that you need has already been given to you. You are complete in Christ Jesus. What you need to do now is to grow. Okay, let's quickly move on and look at the book of Galatians in chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Listen to what it says. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Did you get that? It says the heir, the heir. The heir is the person that's going to inherit everything. The person that's going to inherit everything. The heir, as long as he's a child, is no different for, from the slave. For all purpose and intent, you cannot distinguish the heir from a slave simply because he has not grown up. He is subject to all sorts of governors and guardians and administrators and tutors and trustees until the set time. Potentially, he is Lord of all, but he cannot yet exercise that authority till he comes of age. He has to grow from childishness into maturity. He has to get to his bar if you like, when he's now considered to be an adult. And at that point in time is when the subject now becomes the object. He will no longer be a servant. He will now be a lord indeed. He will no longer be the student. He will now be the tutor. It's only when he truly becomes a mature son that all of his rights are given to, to him. Is anybody hear me what I'm saying tonight? So he has all of this potentially, he has all the rights, he's the heir, it's clear he's going to rule, but he's not able to step into the full capacity of his rule until he matures, until he comes to the place of mat maturity, until he grows up. He has to grow up before those rights that freedom, that liberty is given to him. Now, when we talk about the time appointed in this scripture, you've got to understand that God doesn't view time the way we view time. He's not just saying, oh, uh, let's, whenever he reaches this particular chronological age, then automatically we'll give him the rights. No, that's not the way it works here. The way God measures your growth is actually in um, the, the development and the expression of the, 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 the virtues and the character of Christ on the inside of you. So he does not um, look at how long it's taking you to come into the light of the truth. Look, it is possible to be 80 years old and still be a baby in Christ. 
it's not it's not about your tenor in Christ, in christendom it's not about how long you have been a christian it's about how much light you have allowed to illuminate your soul and you have embraced now there should be a synchrony between your tenor and your light if you are walking in the light so if you have been walking in in, in, in christian in christian of, for for a significant period of time we are expected that the light you have received is 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 measuring up to that time spent but it's not always the case and we should stop looking at the chronological clock the minutes, the hours, the days, all the years to measure growth in Christianity. What we are meant to use to measure growth in Christianity is how much light of truth have we embraced and have we started to walk in. Amen. I hope you hear me what I'm saying. Uh, listen to what John chapter 1 and uh, verse 12 says. It says in John chapter 1 and verse 12, but as many as received him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now, the power to become the sons of God, to become, therefore, means that you are not yet. Hallelujah. You are it, but you aren't it. Oh, how do I explain this? There is a mature son in you that you have not become yet. You are complete, but there's a process for you growing up to manifest the completeness that is on the inside of you, of you. How do you become the son that you are on the inside? By intentional growth. Listen, the world is not waiting for children of God. The word is waiting, Romans chapter 8 and verse 19 lets us know, for the manifestation of the sons of God. It's the sons of God. It's the mature sons of God that are able to display the splendor, the love, and the virtues of the Christ. The world is waiting for us to mature, to move away from childish things and become the mature sons of God. So you start to see that growth is critical to actualizing everything that has been prophesied. We have to come. Listen to what Ephesians also says about the mandate of the church. In Ephesians, it says that he gave the fivefold ministry for the edification of the body of the Christ, for the for the, for the equipment of the, the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ, till we come to the measure of the stature of the what? The fullness of Christ. It was saying that till we mature, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the, what the world is waiting for and what the mandate of the church is, is for us to mature, to become as Christ. Paul himself says in the book of 1 Corinthians and chapter 13 and verse 11, he says that when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. He, he put away childish things. This was intentional. He intentionally put away childish things to grow up. This was not just any growth. This was intentional growth that he embraced. If growth is left to be to, to happens chance, if it's left, left to coincidence, if you leave your growth to automation, that growth may not happen. Or worse, that growth may be aberrant. So you must engage intentional growth. The seed will never reach its full potential 
till it goes through the growth process. Let me take another side step step to, 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 to balance some things out. Now, we had a phenomenal time on Sunday, and we talked about the power of the seed, and particularly in the context of Isaac sowing a seed, and boom, it, it gave him a hundredfold return. And that, that is powerful indeed for us to embrace. And I believe in the name of Jesus that we are stepping into a hundredfold season in the name of Jesus, hundredfold returns. But that is a unique experience. Every other place where we are taught about the seed process, there's intentionality around it. There's the intentional sowing. There's the intentional watering of the seed that you have sown. There's the intentional protect, protecting of what has been sown. So you start to see that there is still some intentionality that you must even apply to the growth of your seed, to the maturation of your seed. We must engage intentional growth. We must engage intentional growth. You have to be intentional about your growth. What does it mean to be intentional? This is an added adjective that means something that is done on purpose, something that is deliberate, something done consciously, fully considered and not impulsive, done or acting in an, a careful and unhurried ma manner or way. Synonyms for intentional include deliberate, calculated, conscious, planned, meant, considered, studied, knowingly, willfully, premeditated, pre-planned, thought out in advance, pre-arranged, pre-conceived, predetermined, purposeful, volitional, methodic, methodic, methodical, systematic, meticulous, thorough, painstakingly paying attention to detail this is what it means to be intentional hallelujah and this is the type of growth we must engage now intentional growth next week wednesday i'm going to be telling you about the areas where you must you must grow in these areas not tonight but you don't want to miss next week wednesday as we start to deal with where you must grow but, but, but today we now start coming to the meat of our thought. The mystery of growth is encoded, listen, the mystery of growth is encoded in the natural. It is our job to decode this encodement. Hallelujah. So listen to Romans and chapter 1 and verse 20. In Romans chapter 1 verse 20, it says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, God's invisible attributes, are clearly seen. How can invisible attributes be clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse? What is this verse saying? God is saying here that the, the invisible attributes of God, the very principles of God, the life of God, the tenets of God, even the, his eternal power and his Godhead that are invisible, invis, invisible attributes are yet clearly seen and being understood by the things that are made. What's he saying about talking about? He's saying that we can see the truth of God 
even in the natural things that we see. That is why, you, you realize that when Jesus was walking the earth and walking with his disciples, he wasn't quoting, quoting the, well, he did quote the Old Testament from time to time, but a lot of his conversations was not, oh, in Matthew chapter 5. There was no Matthew chapter 5. There was no Ephesians. There was no Corinthians. There was nothing like that when Jesus was walking with, with them. Jesus was exposing truth to them using natural things that they could see. He would talk about the seed. He would talk about the tree. He would talk about the birds of the air. He would talk about ecology. He would talk about things around because the invisible attributes of God are still clearly seen in the natural things around us. The invisible attributes of God are clearly seen in the visible. What is invisible in the spiritual is displayed in the visible. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3b, it says that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Hallelujah. We are seeing things, but these things that we see are actually made of things that we do not see. So stay with me. We can look at the visible things and see the invisible. So the mystery is actually plain to behold if we have discerning eyes. Do you get me what I'm saying now? <laughs> The mystery of intentional growth is encoded in the natural things that we see. So we can decode with the revelation of his word, the mystery of intentional growth. He has given us the keys. So therefore, I can look at natural things and start to see the keys. The natural tells us of the spiritual. The spiritual is the mother of the natural, but they are clues to spiritual principles that we can read in the natural things that we see. Hallelujah. So we can look at natural growth. This is where I was going. We can look at natural growth to learn spiritual keys to growth. We can look at natural growth to learn spiritual keys to growth. And tonight, I'm giving you five keys to intentional growth. Five keys to intentional growth, but those five keys are lifted from five uh, attributes or five essentialities, five imperatives for us to even grow naturally, to grow physiologically. And number one imperative, number one key, the number one must for physical growth and also now for spiritual growth is your nutrition, your nutrition. Because you cannot grow without eating. You must eat to grow. As automatic and accidental as natural growth might seem, it could not happen without eating, without eating. We need to eat in order to be able to grow. Uh, is anybody hearing what I'm saying? The human can only survive without food 
without any food whatsoever for 30 to, to, to from 30 to 40 days, provided that he is being well hydrated even in those 30 to 40 days. If you add, if you remove water also, with, uh, water and no food, the human being can probably only live for only four to a maximum of seven days. That's how important water is. So food and water are essential both to life and to growth. Food and water are essential both to life and to growth. What you eat is critical to your growth. You cannot grow in the natural without eating. You need a balanced and consistent diet. It is said, you are what you eat. If you are not growing properly in the natural, the first place you are to check is what you are eating. Hallelujah. Now, the natural speaks of the spiritual. Beware of junk food. Junk food might be tasty to the mouth, but only adds fat to you. And fat is weight. And the scripture says that we should lay aside every weight. As in natural, in the natural, your nutrition is a major determinant of your growth. So in the spiritual, what you are feeding on is a key determinant to your spiritual growth. Oh, I hope somebody hears me tonight. What you are feeding on is a key determinant to your spiritual growth. If your spiritual diet is not balanced and consistent, uh, and if your spiritual diet consists largely of junk food, then you will only be adding fat to your spirit and weighing yourself down. You've got to become intentional in, in what you are eating. Even in the natural, you have to be intentional, let alone in the spiritual, you now need to be intentional about what you are eating. I just told you that junk food might be sweet to the mouth, but it's devastating to the body and to the soul. So check the food. Somebody type in the feed right now, check the food, check the food, check what you are eating, check the food, what you are least listening to, check the food, what you are eating every day. The way you eat in the spiritual is by what you are reading, what you are watching, uh, what you are listening to. And that's how you check the food in the natural. Hallelujah. You check the food. Hallelujah. Is it edifying? Is it edifying? Is it lifting you up? Is it making Jesus and the truth clearer to you? Or is it feeding you with, with, with weight? Is it building you up or is it pulling you down? Is it filling you up with faith or is it feeding your fears? Check the food. Junk food is easily made, but good food takes deliberation in preparation. Hallelujah. You have to be willing to sit down with it till you get it. 
It's not every day that is that that uh, that good food, spiritually speaking, is going to be scintillating and exciting to you, but it's still good food. We need believers that will endure sound doctrine, that will say, I, I want good food, balanced, whole, full gospel. That's what I'm looking for. Junk food, listen, is also called fast food. Really good food is hardly fast food. It takes time to make, hallelujah. There are some delicacies that I really like in the natural. And I found out that a whole lot of the delicacies that I really like actually take time to make. But there also has to be consistency in feeding on good food. And this is one of the things that's been lost to a lot of believers today. That word consistency, that continuing in the truth. You don't say that because you had a good and a balanced meal yesterday, you therefore don't need to eat today or tomorrow, that that good meal yesterday is going to be good enough for me. No, you have to be consistent in making sure that every day the meal that you are eating is good. It is sad how one day of junk food can damage many days of good food. <laughs> then the word of God lets us know in the book of Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 to 14. Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 12 to 14. This is what it says. It says, for though by time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Hallelujah. Then it goes on and it says, hallelujah, that for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is what? A babe. Uh, and then verse 14, he says, he says, but solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and and evil your diet listen to me the point here is that your diet cannot consist of milk only you have to cultivate an appetite for solid food what what am i talking about you've got to cultivate an appetite for strong meat there has to be movement from milk to meat for you i found so many believers that just all they want is milk, milk, milk. They don't want no meat. In fact, they don't like preachers like myself that are going to be that's going to be teaching and exposing truth and telling you the hows and telling you the in-depth and unveiling revelation. It seems like too much work. Pastor, just come and bless us. Pastor, just come and prophesy over our lives. Pastor, just come and decree and declare. All this teaching, I, I, it's too much work. But that is wrong. You are, you are trying to be a perpetual baby when you are meant to be one desirous and cultivating an appetite for strong meat. There must be movement from milk to meat. Someone needs to be weaned off milk today and start going for strong meat in the mighty name of Jesus. My time is fast spent. Let me move on. The, the second imperative for growth, the second key to growth is first key number one was your new, new, nutrition. Key number two, your exertion, your exertion, which is your exercise, your exertion, your exercise. There is no healthy growth without exercise. There is no 
healthy growth without exercise. We read it just a moment ago, but I'll read it in the original King James translation to you again now. It says in the book of Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use, by reason of use, have, have their senses exercised, exercised to discern both good and evil. You must exercise to grow healthily. If a man does not exercise and is only fed intravenously or by nasogastric tubes, his muscles will waste away. Yeah, you must exercise. What does it mean to exercise? Listen, Exercise is activity requiring physical effort carried out to sustain or improve health and fitness. To engage in physical activity, to exert oneself, to promote or improve muscular strength. So to exercise is to exert oneself uh, uh, physically. It is, it is to move, listen to me, from theory to practical. There are too many theorists in the world and in the church today, and it is time for us to move from being theorists to being practitioners, to being practical, to being people that apply the truth that they have been learning. Oh, yes. Uh, exercise requires us applying it. It's to go out and try something. It is to go out and do something. Go out and attempt the project. It's time to climb up, fall down, and get up again. It's, it, it is to break a sweat in the pursuit of a goal. It is to burn the midnight candle. It is to put in some effort. And, and there are various types of exercises that, that, that lend to, to this, that lend to this message, that lend to this preach. In, 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 an, in an exercise, there is what we call weight training, weight training uh, you you you've got, you you grow in strength uh, when you carry weight to grow in strength you have to carry weight it's called weight training and and you've got to take on more uh, than you would normally take on it's part of growth it's part of how you develop muscle so what does that mean in spiritual terms and that means you need to take on more responsibility you need to take on more challenges you need to take on more visions and dreams and aspirations this is weight training. In exercise, there's also resistance training. Uh, this is when something is pushing back. Uh, and sometimes when you're in the gym and you're using certain machines, uh, they are resistant machines uh, that are meant to push back on you. Uh, to really develop bigger and stronger muscles, uh, you need resistant straining. Uh, something that comes against you is not to kill you, but to strengthen you. Everything that's been coming against you uh, in this season and even in this year, it wasn't meant to kill you. It was meant to help you develop more strength. Hallelujah. More spiritual muscle. Uh, in exercise, there's also what we call Adieu. Uh, and a lot of us engage in what we call HIT. HIT is H I I T, which is high intensity interval training. Uh, high intensity 
interval training. Uh, this is uh, when you are juggling multiple balls. Uh, you've got to learn how to juggle multiple balls uh, from prayer to giving to witnessing uh, to worshiping to sacrificing without missing a beat. beat. Uh, it's called cardio, spiritual cardio. Uh, you know how to shift between these things. Uh, you give in the prayer. You get to the Bible study. You're giving. Uh, you're witnessing. You're worshiping. You're sacrificing. You're doing all these parts a quick succession and you're not missing a beat it's called cardio training and when you do this you're able to take down the bear and then you defeat the lion and now you are ready for goliath is anybody hear me what i'm saying you are developing strength if you are going to grow you are going to have to exert yourself ah weight training resistance training cardio don't forget to stretch because if you don't stretch, stretch, listen to me, you will have more pain than is necessary when you don't stretch. So you have to learn to stretch because the stretch improves your flexibility. So I'm trying to tell somebody tonight, you have to stretch for more. You have to go beyond your normal limits and stretch for more in prayer, stretch for more in study, stretch for more in your gift. So you will have increased flexibility to be able to handle the more that is on the way. Growth does not happen in your comfort zone. Growth happens in the stretch. Somebody type stretch. Somebody tell their neighbor it's time to stretch. So we've covered the first two imperatives for you to be able to grow. Your nutrition and your exertion, which is your exercise. We come to imperative number three, key number three, your excretion. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your excretion, that's which goes out. If you only intake and you never excrete, you will be in danger, serious danger. You're not going to grow that way. As you take in, there are certain things that you've got to excrete, that you've got to leave behind. Listen to me, I almost believe that what you leave behind behind is almost as important as what you take along. You've got to learn the lessons and leave the rest. Philippians and chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, forgetting those things which are behind, I reached forward towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Does anybody hear me what I'm saying? You've got to leave certain things behind. What you excrete. If you are going to grow, you've got to know what you leave behind. Leave the junk and take the nutrition. Leave the offense and take the essence. Leave the confusion and take the direction. Leave the dispute and take the repute. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, therefore, seeing that we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, lay aside every Every weight and the sin that does so easily ensnare us, lay it aside, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us, and let us run.
run with endurance, with patience, the race that is set before us. So you've got to leave the contradiction and take the conviction. Leave the criticism and take the vision. Leave the pain and take the gain. Leave your past and embrace your future. Destiny is beckoning you. Uh, so you've got to watch your nutrition. Uh, you've got to watch your exertion. Uh, you've got to watch your excretion. Uh, bringing us to imperative number four, the fourth key for your growth spiritually from the natural template. Uh, it's called your exposure. Exposure is key to growth. Uh, you can only aspire to what you have been, what you have seen, been exposed to, or what you have been told, then you are able to conceive it and aspire for it. And typically, you can only conceive what you have been exposed to. So you've got to be exposed to new experiences. You've got to expose yourself by going to places outside of your comfort zone. And even if you can't travel, you've got to learn how to expose yourself to, to new truth, to great teachers, to great leaders, to great experiences, even online. Expose yourself to new possibilities in reading. Expose yourself in new studies. By exposure, you are going to grow. The dictionary defines exposure as the state of being exposed to contact with something, the experience of something, the unveiling of what was concealed. Hallelujah. You might be king of your mountain in your village, but you have to be exposed to the city. And when you're exposed to the city, you might find out that what you called a mountain before is actually a molehill. <laughs> there are plants that won't grow higher than one foot in a confined space, but that same plant will grow many, many more feet taller in an open field because it is exposed. Maybe the lack of exposure might be curtailing your growth. Maybe your comfort in your comfort zone is what's limiting your growth. My time is fast spent. I move quickly to the imperative number five. The fifth key to your growth, or to your intentional growth. Most natural growth takes place while we sleep. So imperative number five is your rest. Your rest. Number one, your nutrition. Number two, your exertion. Number three, uh, your excretion. Number four, your exposure. Number five, your rest. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. To grow, this might seem counterintuitive after everything I've said, but this is still the truth. To grow, you need to get the right balance between work and rest. Most of our growth actually happens while we rest, while we sleep. So you've got to learn how to pace yourself and factor rest into the equation. You need to give yourself time to rest. I found out that sometimes my best sermons are preached after I've come out of a season of rest. Have you noticed how you are able to do more when you come up out of rest? How you come up with new innovative ideas after adequate 
rest. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the spiritual platform, this is also talking about how you must learn to rest in God, rest in the finished work of God, the mystery of growth while we rest, uh, while Adam slept. God created something new and better out of other Adam. Uh, she's called Eve. When you rest in God, when you give God the room to recreate in you, hallelujah. Every time we rest, I have another summer born, preach it sometime. It's, it's called go to sleep. It's interesting how much God works when we rest, when we sleep. It's time for somebody to go to sleep and let God work. Hallelujah. Glory. Rest in God and grow intentionally. Engage these five keys to intentional growth and you will start to grow beyond borders. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where intentional growth is not engaged, there is either no growth or there is wrong growth. Hallelujah. This is the growth order. Where there is no order or intentionality in our growth, we get into trouble. So tonight I came to prophesy, decree, and declare, and instruct intentional growth in your life in the name of Jesus. My time is done. My time is spent. Hallelujah. This is a message I believe you will have to listen to again and hear it over in the name of Jesus and apply yourself to the truth therein. Don't miss next week, Wednesday, next week, Wednesday, we're not going to delve into areas where you must grow. I'm, 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 I'm waging warfare against persistent childishness in the body of Christ. It's time for us to grow intentionally, to step up from things of childishness to things of maturity in the mighty name of Jesus. And if you are there, you're not even yet a babe in Christ. You have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is your moment. Uh, this is your time. Please repeat these words of prayer after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the price that you paid. Thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I repent of my sin and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, as I have believed with my mouth, a heart and confessed with my mouth, I am born again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And if you pray that prayer, hallelujah, you are indeed my brother, my sister, born again. Welcome to the body of Christ. And we want to help you uh, to grow in Christ from childishness uh, to maturity in Christ Jesus. So direct messages on any of our platforms uh, or follow the, the pathway on our website and let's help you to grow in the Lord. Hallelujah. To grow in grace, to grow in truth, to grow in light. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We can't close out the service tonight without giving an opportunity for you to give 
unto the work of the Lord. So round about now, the details of how you can give are going to come across the screen or in the feed, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. I encourage you to give generously to the work of the Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you for being in the life class today. Make sure you keep on inviting people to be part of this wonderful type of teaching and growing in the Lord. Let's share the grace and fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And surely God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Thank you for being part of the life class tonight. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday and see you next week, Wednesday, and also in our prayer meetings in between then. God bless you.